What a privilege it is to worship Jesus, not only in our song, but in every aspect of our lives. And a key way that we worship him is through our tithes and our offerings. And again, I just want to say thank you so much to our amazing community, both churches, that is so generous and been given so, giving so much. Um, we've really been able to help many people, and it's all because of your generosity and your consistency in giving. So I want to encourage you, uh, please, to get ready to give your offerings and to pay your tithes. Uh, I know it's the end of the month, and it's particularly the time where most of us, we pay our tithes. And uh, thank you for continuing to tithe and make it possible for us to not only minister to you, serve you, to be the church with you, but also to, to live out our love for Jesus in very practical ways. So won't you get ready right now? You're going to see, as we always do, if you're watching on the Hatfield South platforms, that you'll see the Hatfield South bank account that'll come up, and also the snap scan that you can make use of the QR code. If you're watching on Hatfield East platform, then uh, you'll see the Hatfield East bank account coming up and the QR code. And it's important that you pay to the right one of the churches. The, the finances, we don't have it together. They're separate in finances. So uh, please give Hatfield South or Hatfield East uh, as, as whichever church you normally give to and belong to. For those of you that are watching us from any other part of the world and any other place, it'll be great if you feel just, if, if you're not part of another church, if you're not supporting another church financially. It'd be great if you consider to also support us in this time and so that we can continue to do the work that we are called to do. And thank you for that and thank you for your generosity. Please, won't you take this moment to give. And everybody that gives in other times during the week, we pray for you that the Lord will just really bless you as a family and for those individuals that give and pay their tithes. Thank you for giving. I want to go over to share the word with you this morning and I've entitled the message for today being the church is essential um, you're all aware that there's so much discussion going on and particularly in social media there's so many things going on about the church being essential and people uh, you know calling for the church to be able to meet together and we're so thankful to our president that has made an accommodation to us as, as not only the Christians but all faith-based communities that we are allowed to gather in small groups and and uh I think that's really wise and it's sensible that we be careful at this time and, and let's rather err on the side of being a little bit cautious and, and even extra careful. Uh, we're, not, we're not filled with fear, but we are wanting to be wise during this time. And uh, we know the president has made allowance that we can meet in, in up to groups of 50. And I'll talk a little bit about that later and what, what we feel about that and our process forward. But I first want to focus on the idea that being the church is essential. I know some people are saying the church is essential, but I think more than the church is essential, it is essential that every one of us is, is the church and be the church during this time. And today is Pentecost Sunday. It's a special Sunday in the calendar of every Christian person because this Pentecost is actually the day the church was birthed. It's the birthday of the church. We're celebrating that the church was put on this planet by the Lord Jesus through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we remember that day that happened. And traditionally, Christians celebrate Pentecost 50 days after um, the crucifixion and of Christ. And uh, today we celebrate that Jesus uh, came, but that there was a point that he said to his disciples, it's better for you that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come and empower you to be my witnesses throughout 
the earth. And, and that we see when the Holy Spirit was poured out on that day in Jerusalem. And I'll, I'll read the scripture with you just now. That's the day the church of the Lord Jesus was established. To be the vehicle through which God makes his kingdom come on earth. That God's will will be done on this earth through the church of the Lord Jesus. And we're so thankful. Aren't you so thankful to be part of a church? If you're not part of a local church, I want to encourage you, man. It's the greatest thing in the world is to be part of a, of a local church. The local church is God's plan to, to bring change and transformation to our society and to our community. The church is the only ones that can see people's hearts really change because not of who we are, but because of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Pentecost is the birth of the Holy Spirit, because we moved from a building into each of us being the temples of the Lord. And that's what I really want to focus on today and talk about. But let's, let's turn to the scripture and read Acts 2 together, this uh, record of the occasion when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Remember, this is after Jesus has ascended, been to heaven. The disciples were in the upper room and they were waiting and praying. And uh, during the feast of the Pentecost, uh, the Jewish feast, while they were praying, this happened that we read of in Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw that what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and to began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. There's three things that I want to highlight from this uh, portion of Scripture. And the, the first thing in this, when we talk about the birth of the church, is we want to talk about the gathered church. Then I want to talk about the scattered church. And then I want to talk about the empowered church. The three things that I want to highlight from this portion of Scripture. The first one being the gathered church. This is amazing that this event happened when a group of people were gathered. Each one wasn't in their own home. They weren't each doing their own thing. They were gathered in prayer, waiting on the Lord. And I think that speaks right from the outset, reminds us and makes us aware and appreciate and value that the church of the Lord Jesus is a, is a community. It's a gathering of people. I know there's many people now that when we're going through COVID-19 um, that are thinking that perhaps it's the end of the gathered church or certainly the end of large gathered church meetings and they think that perhaps it's it's you know we've come to an end of a of an era or a season where the focus has been on the gathered church and yes I agree in some sense that our gatherings may change but I want to say to you the church of the Lord Jesus since its inception has always gathered if you think throughout the history of the church, even under communist regimes, for instance, uh, if you think in China, the underground church that grew exponentially while they weren't allowed to gather physically. I think most of us have seen those uh, the pictures of when the Chinese church, for instance, had to worship, were worshiping, and they would sing silently and would clap without making a sound for fear of being wanted out. But they didn't, uh, didn't stop gathering. It's in our nature. It's who we are. We are a community of the faithful. And it's important that we gather. I think every Christian should be in the habit and should be in the, in the practice of gathering as a community together often and regularly. It, it is so meaningful for us. The, the gathered church has a responsibility uh, to fashion and shape each of us as disciples in the, in the will of God and in the purposes of God and in the ways of God. Um, you see, I, I think if, if I only personalize my faith, if I, if I don't meet with other Christians on a regular basis, it's very easy for my faith to become very subjective. 
I know faith is personal. My faith is very personal. It belongs to me. It's my faith. But faith has to be expressed and shaped and formed in community. Otherwise, it can become subjective. What I mean by that is it is so easy that my faith can become something that works for me. And, it, and it's my faith. And that's great. And that's fantastic. But faith isn't something that just works for me. It works for everybody. It works in the context of a community. There's an objective side to our faith. There's an external reality to our faith. I'm, I'm living up to something beyond myself. I'm, I'm expected to be shaped and formed as a disciple of the Lord Jesus into the will and purposes of God as he's expressed it through the church, not only through me. And I think that's very important that every one of us learns and values community. It's been so noticeable for us as pastors during this time, over the last eight weeks of the lockdown, how people that are connected in community and in Christian community do so much better than people that are not connected in community. We've even seen the difference between our people that are connected into what we call community groups, small groups that, that have relationships, that, that are accountable to each other, that, that, that check up on each other, how those believers are seemingly just doing a, a better than believers for whom their, their Christianity is only about a Sunday experience. We gather. We gather in big groups. We gather in medium-sized groups. We gather in small groups. And it's important. And we love gathering. I, I look forward to the day that I, we can gather again without restrictions and, and be thousands of people together to worship. And isn't it fantastic? Isn't it so powerful when we gather to worship and there's something of the outpouring of the Lord on a group of people that inspires us, that strengthens us? It is so wonderful. And, and I'm thankful that, that the president is, is allowing us to begin to gather. But I want to say to you as, as Hatfield Christians, um, we, we, we want to do that sensibly. We, we, we're not just going to get back and rush into gathering and pushing the boundaries. We need to make sure that uh, we do it in a, in a way that is safe. We've been thinking about it for a while already. We were expecting that possibly this could happen, that the president would allow us to gather in, in some restricted size group. And uh, we are making plans and we'll be communicating to you. We, um, uh, we are still waiting for some clarity around some of the regulations and uh, what, the, what the government is asking of us when we gather and where can we gather and, and all of that. And as soon as we know that, we will communicate to you clearly. So keep watching our, our social media pages and we'll communicate to you via our normal messaging systems when we plan to to do meetings and gatherings uh, that is allowed after the first of june but when we do them let's do them sensibly because you know as wonderful and as great as it is as a community together in this scripture i also see the individual component you see a group of people that gathered and they were praying so they were a community but did you notice that in that scripture when the holy spirit was poured out it says the Holy Spirit separated and settled on each of them. So here again, we see the picture of community, but also individuality. And that's a tension in our faith that we always have to hold. It's never an either or. It's a both and. My faith is not just a community faith. It's also an individual faith. Faith, I, I think about it like this often. Faith begins as an individual experience, but then moves into a corporate experience. I have to own my faith personally. 
And that's what the Holy Spirit has done, that each of us is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Each of us hears the voice of the Lord. Each of us has the Spirit of God living within us and are strengthened and encouraged and empowered by the Spirit. Not only is the Spirit poured out on the community, and I only can receive the Spirit when I'm part of the community. That's, that's old covenant. New covenant is... I have the Spirit of God with me in the community, but also have the Spirit of God with me individually and even when I'm not in community. So as much as the community has the responsibility of shaping me and in my discipleship and followership of Jesus, I also have that responsibility on my own. I can never abdicate responsibility to the community. It is my responsibility to be a follower of Christ. And, and that sometimes feels a difficult thing to, to word. How does that work? Is it the, the church's responsibility to, to disciple me or is it my responsibility to be a disciple? And the, and the answer to that question is yes. It's both. It's both the church's responsibility and my responsibility. The way I think about it as a, as a believer is I want to own my responsibility as if nobody else owns it. That if I had no other Christian that I could fellowship with or, or draw from or learn from or, or worship with, that I will be the best Christian that I can be. I'm not, I'm not going to put that on somebody else. But at the same time, I want to be highly open and part of a community and learn from a community and be humble and teachable and learn within a community. So while I own my own discipleship, I completely live it out in community and learn from community and draw from community. And uh, I, I think that's the, the thing that, both, that we always have to understand. It's both. We, we, I don't think it's helpful if we ever get into a, a, a fight in our own minds or in, in our communities or as Christians to talk about, is the church about being together or is the church about being on my own? No, it's both. And I think good Christians, Christians that have longevity in their faith, Christians that go the distance, that, that continue to grow always in their faith, and that's what it means to be a disciple, is to always grow. Christians that can do that are those that, can, that understand the value of community and understand the individual component of their faith. Not only in what my faith does for me, but also in how it positions us towards the world. I think of that scripture where Jesus spoke in, um, in Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. Remember, he said this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot, cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When the Lord Jesus spoke about us as the church, he spoke about the fact that we are both salt and light. And that has many applications. In, in, for me personally, I'm, and I'm not saying this is the, the total restriction of how you interpret this, but it always makes me think of the light is more like the gathered church, the city on a hill. The, and that's what it's amazing when, you know, I love in our cities when we drive around on, on a Sunday and you see so many people going to church, that you see church buildings, that, that it's obvious that our people worship. I've been in many parts of the world where you don't see it. It's not obvious. 
In our nation, it's obvious that people are worshiping. And you see it because of their buildings. You see it because of their gathering. And it shines as a light. And the fact that we can be a voice in this nation is because we're a, we're a, we're a gathered church. In, in our own city, there's an amazing unity movement that is continuing to grow. And we're working together in such powerful ways that creates us, uh, gives us the ability to be a shining light within our communities. And then, then I think of the, the scattered church as the salt. You know, on a Sunday we gather and it's amazing. But we're not going to change the world purely because we gather. We change the world when we scatter and we be like the salt that goes into every little pocket of our society and goes into every nook and cranny, every street, every mall, every home, every, every office, every workplace where, where we as Christians disseminate and spread and scatter into our society. There we are the salt that gives flavor and that does a work of preservation in our communities. And, and we want to be both the salt and the light. As the church of, and that's what the Holy Spirit has come. That's what Pentecost is all about. The Holy Spirit has come and He's empowered us to be a bright, shining light for the Lord Jesus. That when He, the Spirit of God is poured out upon us, we shine brightly for the Lord Jesus. But He's also empowering us to be the witnesses that goes into every context, every, into every situation, and to, to, to come and bring the Lord Jesus, to incarnate the Lord Jesus into our school, into our workplace, into our places of relaxation. We as Christians go and we spread and, and, and the love of the Lord Jesus. We, the yeast that works through a community and a society by both being the light and the salt. And I want to encourage you to live a, a sense in that of the fullness of your faith. To value being the gathered church and value being the scattered church. We, we're right now in a, in a time where the gathering has been severely limited. And I know that we miss being together. I know that we, you know, like I said, I so look forward when we can gather again. And, and I know that, that we, we're looking, we remember and we long back for what we used to have perhaps. But I want to say to you, this is a great opportunity to be the scattered church. Perhaps in the past, some of us, we've experienced that our faith has been overly dominated by Sunday experience. That it's like, almost like we've said that I'm a Christian because I go to church on a Sunday. And I have an hour, hour and a half, two hours, whatever you used to. That's what shapes me as a Christian. That's, that's what defines me as a Christian. And as good as Sunday is, it cannot define you as a Christian. Being a Christian is not a Sunday deal. It's a Monday to Sunday thing. And now when we when, when our faith is not, or the expression of our faith is not so dominated and hinges so much on our Sunday experience, it's a great time for the, the rest of our lives to, to lift up and for our Christian experience, for our being a follower, a disciple of Jesus, to, to grow and to increase in our up and our in and our out even more. So that we can be Christians. So that we can be the church. And that's what I want to say. Being the church is essential. Whether it's gathered or scattered, we want to be the church of the Lord Jesus. We want to be the church of Jesus that shines when we gather. But we want to be the church of Jesus that is the salt. And every day you have opportunities. Every day you still interact. Most of us interact with people. It may be through, through digital platforms. It may be phone calls. It, it, it may be just you know through a mask talking to somebody um, at a two-meter distance in a, in a store that you go to. 
But there's so many opportunities for us to, to be the church of the Lord Jesus, through words of encouragement, strengthening, praying for people, being kind to people, helping people. We can be the church of the Lord Jesus. You can be the church of the Lord Jesus through your own reading of the scripture. Of the, of the Spirit of God speaking to you in your prayer times. You can be the church of the Lord Jesus. And, and that's one of the major things the Holy Spirit does. He instructs us. He instructs us in the gathering and He instructs us in the scattering. And as Christians, we want to be good at both. I want to receive and be taught I'm so thankful for teachers that have taught me over my Christian life. I, you know, I, was, I got saved in Hatfield. I've been a Hatfielder now for about 42 years, 43 years even possibly. And I've learned so much through Hatfield and people that have come to Hatfield and, and through others that have, that have taught me the word of God and through my studies and through informal ways and just through community and sharing, I've learned so much. But I've also learned so much through personally my own quiet times, my own studying of the scripture. And it's never an either or. If I'm a Christian that, can, that only relies on what others teach me of the word, I will fall short. If I'm a Christian that only takes the scripture for what I mean, it, I, I want it to mean, there's also challenges in that. And the scripture, again, does, it talks to us about both. Think of Ephesians 4.11, a scripture that we so often quote that says the following. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This speaks about the, the sense of community that we have and how the word of God is taught in community. And it is the responsibility of certain people to be the, the ones that proclaim the word. And some of us, it's our, it's our profession. We spend time in the word, we study the word, we, we, we pray through the scriptures and, and we come and we teach the word and we help and we equip the saints. But there's also the other side. 1 John 2.27 says, says this, As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and that, as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as, as it has taught you, remain in him. So yeah, the, John writes and he says, I don't need anybody to teach me. The Spirit of God will teach me. Paul writes and he says, we need the teachers of the word in our community and the apostles and the prophets. Who's right? Am I a follower of Paul? Am I a follower of John? No, it's both again. I'm so grateful for the anointing, the spirit of God, that every time I read the word, I encounter the spirit of God, who's the author of the word, and he speaks to me personally. But it doesn't become subjective. It doesn't become my revelation. It becomes something that when the spirit of God speaks to me, I take it to the objective truth of what the Word of God says. As I have been taught and instructed by good uh, theologians and good doctrine. And therefore it's both. And I want to encourage you even in that. Grow in this season. In your time in the Word. There's so many resources available. Dig into the Word. That the Spirit of God can teach you. And then the last thing I want to talk about just is briefly is that not only are we the gathered church, not only are we the scattered church, we are the empowered church. And from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the, Sp the Spirit of God has been active in the church. The church is different than any other gathering. 
I mean, I gather, I used to be part of a tennis club. You may be part of a book club or, a, or a, some organization. You have, you're part of a company. And all those things are great. And the Spirit of God can dwell in all of those places. But it's only the church of the Lord Jesus that is shaped and built around the singular purpose of glorifying Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God empowers us as the church. We're not just a social gathering. We're not a, even when we're in community, it's not about our social needs. The church is not there to meet the social needs of people mainly, firstly. That happens. But it happens because we lift up Jesus first. We are an empowered body that is empowered by the Spirit of God to glorify Jesus. And, and I often speak about it. Community is not about my needs first. I don't need Christian community so that it, it helps me be the better person and have a better life. That, again, is something that community does. But the first purpose I'm, I gather in community is to glorify Jesus. It's about his needs in a sense. It's not about our needs first. And when we, when we lift Jesus up, he draws all men unto himself. And, and when we, we, the Holy Spirit comes and through us, he glorifies Jesus. We become the body of Christ and he empowers us to be his witnesses. He empowers us in our gathered spaces to be the witness. He empowers us in our scattered spaces to be the witness of Jesus Christ. I'm empowered when I'm with my fellow brothers and sisters, there's something so powerful in that. But I'm also empowered when I'm not with them. When I'm going about my daily life in every day, in every place, the Holy Spirit's with me and he empowers me. And I can see God do amazing things as I, as I obey his voice, as I step out in faith according to what he asks of me and encourages and strengthens me to do. I have the gifts of the Spirit that has been given to us, the gifts of tongues, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of discernment, the, the gifts of miracles, all these wonderful gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us so that we can live an empowered life, both when we're together and when we are scattered. And, and also, I want to encourage you, be empowered in this time. You are not, even when you are not with brothers and sisters, and you may miss that, man, the Holy Spirit can do amazing things. Right there in your own quiet time, in your own time with the Lord, in your own prayer time, your own reading time, in your own journey, the Holy Spirit is with you. He empowers you. I'm looking forward to it and it's my full expectation that when we gather again one day, perhaps it'll only be next year, maybe, I don't know when it's going to be, that we'll be able to gather as the church, that we'll be amazed at how all of us have grown and how the church of the Lord Jesus has grown. So let me encourage you with this as I bring the message to an end. It is essential to be the church of the Lord Jesus. Whether we gather, whether we are all over the city, all over the nation, scattered, each in our own space, what the Holy Spirit has made of amazingly available to us is there's no occasion, there's no season of my life, there's no experience, there's no place where I cannot be experiencing the Lord Jesus because the Holy Spirit is with me everywhere I go, God is, and I can experience him. I can grow in him. I can find value and meaning in every opportunity, in every season. This time of COVID-19 is not a time where we have less of the Spirit of God. No, we can have more of the Spirit of God because he has been poured out on the day of Pentecost and he is continuing to be poured out in our lives. 
So be the church of the Lord Jesus. It's essential. For me, for you, and for the world around us, it's essential that we be the church of the Lord Jesus. So we're going to continue to make our plans. And as things become clear to us about when we can gather and how we can gather, we're going to make opportunities available to you to gather in smaller groups as the government allows us. But um, we're not anxious about that. We're not fighting with anybody about that. And, and, and we are blessed because of the Holy Spirit that is with us and in everything. The president's also asked us to treat today, the 31st of May, as a day of prayer. So what we're going to do is, as we end the service now, normally we would have the questions that would come up and I'd ask you to, to discuss certain things. Can I ask today that we take 10, 15 minutes as families as together or even as individuals and we spend a time of praying for the nation. We're going to put on the screen, there's going to be some prayer pointers that's going to come up on a slide at the end of, this, of the service and you can take those now and pray. I um, also want to encourage you, if you need prayer, please remember you can go to our online church platforms, hcs.online.church for Hatfield South, uh, hatfield.online.church. Go to those places and, uh, and right there, people are waiting for you. They want to pray with you. Last week, we had two people that gave their hearts to Jesus. We celebrate that. Uh, amazing. If you want to meet Jesus, know what it means to be a living a life and be part of the church of the Lord Jesus. Tell them and they'll pray with you and, and join with you. Or you can send us an email to pray for me at Hatfield or pray for me at ACC South. .co.za, both of them, and then somebody will contact you and they'll be praying with you also. So I want to pray as I end the sermon part, and then there's a couple of things that I want to tell you after that, just things that are going on and that we're celebrating. So, But let's just pray first and, and then I'll do that. Father, I want to thank you that you've been with us in this service this morning. Thank you that you're in every one of our homes, in every space we go because of the Holy Spirit. And today we celebrate you, Holy Spirit. We thank you that we have you in our lives. That whether we gathered or we scattered, we have been empowered by you to be the church. And thank you that each of us is the church of the Lord Jesus and that we can be the church of the Lord Jesus. I, I pray for your empowering in our lives in Jesus' name. We love you and we bless you. Amen. There's been wonderful things been happening throughout our communities as we've been involved with helping people. In the South Church, they, they're part of five different churches in the Centurion area that have are working together to feed people and once a month they they pack food and just last Saturday they packed 24,000 meals to distribute in that area to help people and that's been fantastic to see in the east we know that we've got the the winter warmer program warmer program and people have been bringing stuff and we've been distributing throughout the city and that's been fantastic in the east church obviously the faith promise is a big way that we are uh, reaching out and resources that are made available through that and as we end the service now there's going to be a bit of a, a video clip that'll be shown on the faith promise and just the amazing things that's been happening and that we've been doing through the faith promise and I want to thank everyone that contributes to faith promise uh, right now it's at the end of April we've already collected 71 percent of this year's pledge that has been pledged that that runs to August and I want to thank everybody for faithfully giving we're right on budget with that and please continue to give to Faith Promise as that is a great way that we are able to help not only in our own church, but beyond that through other ministries and into the city and even into the continent and beyond we've been helping and giving. So watch the clip as it comes up now at the end of the service. And then after that, 
We'll show you the, the prayer pointers and then let's pray together for our nation in this day of prayer. Thank you for being with us during the service. May the Lord bless you. Have a fantastic day.